Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Eric McKay, the owner of No Bull uh, Strength and Performance out of Fowlerville, Michigan, joins us today. Uh, we were linked up by a mutual Instagram friend, and uh, basically the person told me, he's like, I'm not sure why no one's had him on a podcast yet. It's ridiculous. Look at his work. Look what he does. Look what he believes in. And sure enough, uh, you know, he's doing awesome work with uh, very principled um, uh, approach to strength and conditioning and fitness and the people he works with. He, uh, if you check out his page at nobullstrength.com, I mean, right there in the front front page is a video explaining exactly what he believes in and what to expect. So uh, without further ado, Eric, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate it. Uh-oh. You there? Hmm. It looks like he was disconnected. All right. And we're back. We had a little mishap there, but that's uh, the wonders of modern technology. So, Eric, <laughs> thanks for the thanks for joining the show, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So. Tell everybody a little bit more um, about yourself, how you got into strength training, and what, how exactly you developed uh, your your noble uh, technique and attitude. Um, all right, yeah. I, um, I got into training when I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I um, came from kind of an abusive household, so I uh, – Moved, um, attended like 11 different schools between first grade and seventh grade, somewhere around there. Um, my seventh and eighth grade physical education teacher was also the uh, football coach and um, strength coach. So um, they wanted us in lifting weights early, uh, early on and, and trying to do things the right way. So between uh, him and um, the weights around the house to try and keep myself safe and strong enough to be able to handle whatever came at me at my household. Um, that was kind of where I got into it from there. <clears throat> um, always lifted, always trained, did different manual labor jobs, stuff growing up. And um, people would always come to me and ask for help. I was volunteering at the local school, helping with uh, football coaching and all the other athletes in the weight room and uh, a car accident left me unable to do my uh, current job of uh, heating and cooling. I couldn't do anything up overhead. So I started looking at going back to school. Um, wasn't sure if that was feasible or not. My girlfriend, who is now my wife, kind of laughed at me and said, you're not that old. You're 26. <laughs> you're 26. You can do it. And uh, I said, all right, sure. 
I'll check it out. So ended up, I think 27 is when I actually started school um, at local community college and uh, got a couple degrees there, transferred on to Central Michigan University, fire up chips. Got my bachelor's degree as I was finishing up in my bachelor's with a physical education and health education degree. I had professors say, hey, have you ever thought about a graduate assistantship? I'm like, what What the hell is a graduate assistantship? <laughs> and so they explained it to me. And so I applied and got the position. And um, the summer before my graduate assistantship started, I took my CSCS test. Um, and not knowing that they were going to have me actually teach their um, professional level course in strength training for all PE majors and minors. And so <clears throat> it's kind of a long story short, jumped and skipped a lot of things. Um, but I started No Bull in 2010, January 2010. So coming up here shortly on the anniversary. And just continue to, to grow little by little and learn as much as I can on a daily basis and try and help as many people as uh, as many people as possible that are willing to work hard. So t tell us a little bit more about, <clears throat> excuse me, about the people that you work with. Is it um, mostly general public? You have some, some athletes, mostly athletes? Uh, mostly athletes. Currently, if you want, <laughs> here's my spectrum. Uh, I currently have as young as sixth grade and as old as 83. Okay, um, wow. So a lot of high school athletes, a few college athletes, um, one gentleman who I don't know what's happening right now. He just was recently released from uh, the team that he was playing with, but he played for the Saints uh, for four years, um, the New Orleans Saints, and then just most recently was with the Lions. And, um, yeah, as I said, as upward as um, 83 years old, I think, is my oldest. I have a couple interesting um, – couple really interesting people that uh, absolutely love training. Well, they all love training, I guess, but and one gentleman that I've been training for three and a half years that had a stroke like four years ago, four and a half years ago. And it's been fun to watch his progression. Um, another older gentleman who's like 17 years with Parkinson's and his left ankle's fused. He spent six months in a coma. His right wrist is fused. And he walks in one day and he says, I really want to work out. You know, I don't know if you could do anything, if you'd be willing to work with someone like me. I'm like, if you're willing to work, then I'm willing to train you. So yeah. we sat down and talked about all sorts of different things and what he was looking for and, you know, started going from there. So what exactly the no bull, um, what exactly is that? Because I, I, I tend, I, I tend to kind of lean towards that, uh, that mentality <clears throat> with, with some people. Um, but I mean, I don't know if that, I don't know if that, you know, kind of covers like all bases, obviously when you're talking with, um, with athletes, that's a whole different mindset, right. Than, than your average public. So does, does the, the no bull philosophy, does that cover all bases? I believe so. Um, you know, my, um, I guess my mantra or whatever is, is commit to no bull in your life. Kind of a double entendre there. You know, obviously the name of my business is no bull strength performance. So you commit to me and I will commit to you. 
no matter what happens, I will commit to learning. Um, you come in and you talked about, uh, I just had a gentleman that had, um, I'd never really heard of it before, Parif what is it, piriformis syndrome? Piriformis yeah. syndrome. And so part of that commitment is, I think any good quality trainer is, is they're going to look it up and they're going to do their research and say, okay, well, what is this? And they're going to try and talk to some people and say, have you dealt with this before? What do you do? What do I need to do? And, you know, two and a half weeks in, he's waking up and, and zero back pain anymore. And so where before he could, you know, barely crawl out of bed. So that's, you know, that commitment there. And at the other time, the other side of things is about four years ago, I dove into head first into kind of mindset training, mental toughness, as some people want to call it. Um, and so I want to help people stop the self-sabotage negative thought processes and things and, and to be able to, to not deal with the bullshit in their lives basically yeah yeah so um you know it's so yeah our, our philosophy is we're going to train you as intensely as you can train so it's different yep. from the sixth grader to the 40 year old to the 80 year old but it's personalized for them and and we're going to train them as intensely as as they can train and as safely as possible and and um yeah yeah that's you know, I think that's super important for people to realize because I, and, and you know, this just as, just as well as I do that when we're dealing with certain clients, especially if there's other people in, in the room, there's a lot of comparing going on. Well, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to push that hard. I'm like that person, how they're pushing it, it, whether it's less or more or equal to what, who the person you're working with, it doesn't matter. If you're giving your effort, your best effort during whatever exercise at that very moment, that's what matters. That's what's going to make progress and getting people out of that comparison mind frame, that comparison attitude where it's, you gotta like, you gotta step back and just focus on the moment that you're in and that's it. And, um, and I, and I think any, like you mentioned earlier, any good trainer is going to talk to their client about that, about, you know, the different intensity levels. When people ask me, well, how come, how come some people do 30? How come some people do 60? I'd never be able to do a 60 minute workout. Well, the, the length of the workout has nothing to do with it. You know, it's not like a 60 minute workout. You're going to be going the exact same intensity as a 30 minute workout, right? Like everything, everything is different. Everything is tapered. Everything's tailored. It's exact same thing during a one-on-one -on -one workout. Like you, you just have to stay focused at the moment. Don't compare yourself and just keep moving forward. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's especially working with, I get this a lot with my athletes that want to talk about, you know, this athlete on that team, or they're, you know, a high school athlete looking at a college or professional level athlete. I want to be able to do this and they, they do this and I can't do that. And I'm like, well, you do realize that one, you're looking at their highlight reel. You right. Know, you're, you're, not, you're not seeing everything that they went through and what they did. Right for 10 years, for 15 years, for whatever, for four years through high school to get to where they are at college. You, you're, you didn't see that. All you see is them on the field or on the court on, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday night, whatever it is. That's, that's what you see now. You don't see what they did to get there. Um, right. I think it's easy for people to, to kind of mimic 
those that they look up to in different sports as far as the physical skills and then try and mimic what they do, what they read that they do as they do the air quotes, cause you can't see me um, <laughs> that they, you know, quote unquote read that this athlete does um, the hardest part though. And that's where I really dove into was the mindset part. What is the, what is that athlete doing training wise? What is that athlete doing nutrition wise? What is that athlete doing physical skills wise that you want to be able to do? The, the other component is what are they doing mentally? How are they training themselves mentally to be able to handle all of that? Plus go to school, plus all those other things. Yeah, life. Right. Right. You know, I, it's uh, speaking of the, the athlete, I can't remember where I heard this. I don't know if it was like hard. I don't know if I was watching Hard Knocks or something, but something you said kind of triggered my memory. Uh, the reason why athletes celebrate so much after they like make a tackle they uh, score a touchdown or whatever it is is because the amount of times that they've tried to do that and failed far outnumbers the amount of times that they've actually been successful doing it and then to actually do it during game time like that's why people get so jacked up and and so and so hyped up and like you know do a, a touchdown dance or you know, or flex after they tackle somebody is because they don't do it all of the time. And when they do do it, it's like you're seeing everything fire at the right exact time. Um, and that's kind of like during a workout too. And, and during life, like after you leave the gym, what else in your life is firing on all, on all cylinders? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough rest? Are you trying to minimize stress? Are you eating properly? You know, like all of these different things have to come into play. And I don't think people, people don't want to realize that they want to try to outwork all the other shitty stuff in their, in their life, you know, in the gym. And that just kind of, that goes like, that's anti-philosophy, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I want, I want, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. You gotta, everyone is, we're so similar, but we're so different. I try and get everyone that I work with to, to just keep a little journal. You know, you, this is, it's all we're doing is research on ourselves. What diet yeah, works yeah, yeah. for me? How much sleep do I need? Sure, you can look up and the research says, oh, you need to sleep eight hours a night. Well, what if I do great on six and a half hours a night or seven or seven and a half, you know, like trying to do what society says or what everyone else says, like do you, you do you, but you got to, you know, be, be disciplined enough to figure out what you is. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we try and, I, I try and, um, you know, make that easier for my clients you know strategically ask certain questions and, and give them things and like some of my athletes when we're talking mindset i give them we have like what is it private so no one can even search the group on facebook yep and so we'll we'll always start out because i think just positive thinking instead of negative thinking is something that that can be worked on. So we start out very simple at the end of every day, get into this group and list one positive thing that you have done that's happened that you did or happened to you or whatever today, just one positive thing. So that at the end of the day, the end of the night, you're thinking about that positive thing and not all the negative things that happened. Right. And then we get into eventually when you wake up in the morning, give me a positive to start your day out. Now we're thinking positive starting the day. We're thinking positive at night. We're sleeping better. And then we move on from there. 
have you seen that translate into like better overall mental um, attitude in the gym and you know like you know at practices and things like that oh absolutely yeah it's it's funny listening to parents coming and you know after a couple weeks of that oh my gosh so and so you know my son came up or my daughter came up and said i think coach i think coach is onto something because I think I'm starting to think a lot more positive and I'm not letting things bother me. Like I'm just, I'm just figuring it out. Like, yeah, you're, you're solving problems. You know, something comes in, you solve the problem. You don't point the finger and try and run away from the issue. You just solve it and you move on. Right. You know, that's when we are when you're talking about finding out what's, you know, the right, <clears throat> excuse me, what the right uh, format for you is. This kind of goes with uh, the mental thing also, but if people want to give it like a solid week or maybe two weeks instead of, you know, 30 to 90 days for the mental aspect, for, um, you know, the physical aspect, emotional well-being, you, you name it. It's like, we want, we want it now. I've been doing these things for two weeks. How come I haven't seen results? Like, <laughs> dude, like you, you, because you've been doing the exact opposite for 30 plus years. That's why. Like give it, and it's so much easier to go the opposite direction for 30 plus years rather than put in a ton of hard work for 30 to 90 days and then to see everything all of a sudden start to transform. And next thing you know, you have a whole new uh, level of norm, right? But you can't, but you got to be consistent over the long term and able to see how you look, feel, perform, and then you can reassess. But if you don't have anything to like a, a good solid base to reassess, how are you know, what are you going to know how to what to change? So that, that idea of you starting out, uh, having people log in through Facebook and automatically put in something you know positive at the beginning at the end of the day, over time, you can start to see that those things transpire and change your life and how you, how you tackle like everyday situations. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of that. Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. And like another, uh, maybe a little off topic, but as you were talking there, the people that want the the quick 30 days fix or the six day, two week, whatever, and they're not seeing any results. <clears throat> I've seen it on different things and, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I have a tape measure that I hold handy and I'll pull it out and I'll say, look, you know, here's, and I'll pull it all the way out to like 76, I think is the average lifespan now. So there's 76 inches. You know, how old are you? Um, 14, 16, 32, whatever it is. I said, okay, well, there's zero. There's where you were born at zero inches. There's 32 years old. Now from 32 to 76, look at how much time you have left. Do you really need those abs in six weeks? Do you really need to lose 50 pounds in four days? You know, like you've got that much time left. This is, this is a lifestyle that you, if you really want to make the change, then it's just, you've got a long time ahead of you to do that. Every inch is, is broken down into one year. Every three months is a quarter inch. You, you've, got, you've got time. And so we try and look at the big picture. Focus in, but look at the big picture as well. Yeah, but Eric, I've got my high school reunion next month. Like I want the <laughs> shit now. But what's the deal? How come, I, how come I can't get this? You can't get this to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can get yeah. closer. Maybe we, we can, can get, yeah, we, we can get one month closer than you were a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. That's uh, but again, that's like the quick fix mindset, I guess, and everybody's kind of out for that now. Um, and uh, but 
but I think, you know, over the long term, like chipping away at those ideas, and it sounds like you're kind of cultivating uh, that kind of philosophy and that attitude in your, in your facility. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about when someone comes to you for the first time, what's the process look like for a new client, like a, a, the average population? Excuse me. Um, well, when they come in, um, I just want to, I just want to listen, you know, I'll typically have some, some paperwork for them. Um, maybe they've had that filled out and they're coming in for their first workout and we've had some communication on what it is that they want. Um, you know, any injury backgrounds, different things, you know, just get a kind of a, a history of them. And, um, and then we go through and, um, I take them through a workout and watch what they can do and show them what a typical workout will be. We'll start with neck. Uh, we'll roll over into lower body, a um, couple lower body movements, leg extension, curl, different, depending on what, what it is that they, um, any injuries that we're working around or whatever surgeries sure, yeah. and then move into upper body. Um, push pull basically i use yep. a lot of different protocols odds evens tic-tac-toes all sorts of different things that um a lot of those i got from mark Asanovich. um and then midsection and and then we'll we'll discuss there's a lot of a lot of me talking um throughout every rep giving cues little things on them to focus on making sure everything feels good. They're feeling it in the muscle. They should be feeling it in. Uh, if not, we have to stop and assess and try and get them to be able to activate that muscle. Oddly enough, I don't know if you find this, I have a lot of people that don't know how to activate their glutes. You know, maybe I, I, it's just whole, it's going through something or, or I don't know. The whole, the whole, the whole idea of activating to me is still kind of a mystery. It's still a phenomenon because I feel like if you can get somebody to do a proper squat, like what does, what does activation mean? I guess, you know, if like they're trying to, if they're trying to like isolate an area, then I kind of, I see that term being a little more useful, but if you go into a squat and they're doing it properly, they got even pressure, um, you know, their, their, their back is in a good position you know, for instance, if they're doing like a front squat and they can get as low as they possibly can and not feel any kind of uh, any abnormal pain in the low back and things like that, everything looks good, basically, then it's hard for me not to say that their glutes aren't activated. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and something like that, if I'm using a, like the hip and back or I'm trying to do something, um, and I think we're all guilty of, you know, someone comes in with, with, um, you know, with an issue of say the piriformis syndrome. And so they need more glute minimus and maximus or was it medial and maximus work um, because those muscles are, are weak and then bicep femoris. <clears throat> so all of a sudden I start to look at, oh, well, if they're not activating and, you know, theirs are weak, what about this person or this person, you know, that that's coming in from time to time talking about their back being sore or, just kind of over overthinking it from the trainer coach standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, that man, you make a good point. I think that especially if you're really trying to uh, figure out those kind of problems, you know, right. I mean, that's, 
if you're dealing with somebody with a, with a low back um, issue, uh, typically I think people want to automatically assume that they may have a low back problem or something with the low back instead of branching out and looking upstream and downstream. And then you find those weak spots and all of a sudden, you know, if you focus on, like you said, like, you know, glute medius and uh, maximus, the whole nine yards, even down into the hamstring, then all of a sudden their low back starts to, to, um, get some relief. You know, right. and we find out that it's not even a low back issue. That's just where the the pain is is initiating itself. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that we've we've as a field have done much better of the last few years. Is yeah. Then hopefully other fields, and I think they are starting to take notice. I have some friends, athletic trainers, and they're doing a lot more. Um, kind of like you were saying, looking upstream, downstream, you know, this is just where the, this is where the pain, this is where it's radiating at, but what's causing that pain to radiate in the back or the knee or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. You see that a lot. I see it a lot, at least with uh, people who have shoulder issues. Um, let's say you have like, you know, a, a pain in the back above the shoulder blade and they keep, um, it hurts right here. And then I'll kind of touch in the front of uh, their shoulder and their pack and I'll kind of move around. Well, that's not where it's hurting. It's hurting back in my right, but you feel how tight you are throughout your pack and your insertion points. And then we start to work those, those you know, get a little um, better mobility and start to break up some of that tissue in there and maybe go through better range of motion during exercises, uh, whether that's, you know, lightening the weight or spending a couple extra minutes, um, you know, in the uh, either outside of the eccentric position or, even you know flexion, doing different flexion exercises for different um, pec movements, and all of a sudden we start to see that back issue kind of clear up a little bit. You know, we're we're so focused, I think, on here's where here's where the issue is. Let's fix it right here. It's right here. I'm pointing to it. Fix this. We got to step back and say, well, that's where the pain's going, but where's the actual issue coming from? And like you said, I think uh, cross section. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Cross section between our industry and even like physical therapists, athletic trainers, all those kind of things are starting to bridge together now. I think very nicely. They're starting to become a little more respect from the clinical side of things for what we do. And I think that's, I think that goes a long way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, I have a good relationship with a with a, a couple of different athletic trainers. I used to be the head strength coach over at a local high school, and I still talk to him, um, the trainer over there, on a regular basis. And um, so before I got into heating and cooling, or before I got into strength training, doing heating and cooling, different things, it was always easy to uh, see, like, the, the engineer or whoever created it on the blueprint said, oh, yeah, this is the way it's going to be done. And then you get out there in the field, it's like, no, it's not going to nope. be done it's the same you know i think it's the same thing like oh yeah in the in the lab this is how we we want this exercise to be done or this is what's going to happen yeah. yeah you know but no not out here because we're dealing with someone who hasn't eaten they've not sleeping well they've got stress from this or that they're anxious about something that's happening um you know and and we're there's just too many variables in there to ever account for all of them just try and do the best that we can as safely as we can and yep. you know if you're getting the results that you're you're seeking, we're on the right path. Yeah, exactly. If you're doing it safely over a long period of time, consistency over time equals progress. And I think if we as 
individuals, whether you are the client or you're the trainer, just keep that in mind. Are you being consistent? Are you giving it your best at, uh, at the, at the moment that you're exercising, because you know Monday through through Friday, a lot of shit's going to happen. A lot of stuff's going to be in the air. A lot of different stressors could happen. You never know. So you come in on Thursday after your workout was on Tuesday. You had a killer workout Tuesday. You come in Thursday, and if I ask you, "Hey, how you feeling today?" that that question isn't just like a conversation starter. That's legitimately me asking, "What's going on with you? Did you get enough sleep? Are you tired?" You know. Do, do, do you have a cold? Um, I don't know. Did you get fired from your job? You know, like what, like what other things, what, what things are going on that are going to affect your performance that day? And let's tailor, let's tailor it down a little bit um, and, and stay focused. But as long as the person is showing up and putting in the best effort they can that day and we're doing our job as, as trainers and keeping them safe, then um, progress is going to happen. Absolutely. So, so Eric, before, uh, before we wrap this up, Give me an idea of what a, a good workout for you would be like. A good workout for me personally? Yeah. Like if you had, you have 30 minutes, you got to get it in between appointments. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's the workout look like? I always, always, for me, I always do neck. Um, so I start with like neck flexion extension. Um, Depending on the day, maybe I throw some head flexion extension in there, uh, move into compound, probably some type of compound legs. Um, I love, I love legs. My massage therapist would probably tell you um, that I should lay off of them because she's sweating profusely by the time she's done trying to massage me out. Um, so um, right now I've been stuck on, I've got the uh, Nautilus dual leg press. So I'll go dual leg press, fry my quads. I'll go over to the pendulum seated squat pro. I'll separate that out so that I'm doing it the exact same way as the dual leg press, um, alternating legs. And um, I'll throw that out. I'm shooting for 10, 10 to 12 reps, um, you know, at the minimum trying so the weight's not too heavy because um, I am training by myself. So make sure I'm doing it right. <clears throat> From there, um, I just go into a pull down of the pendulum pull down. Then I'll go over to uh, I have the Dr. Ken log bar. Nice. And uh, some Captain America plates. So I'll throw my Captain America plates on there, do the log bar. Over to, I'll vary the row up. Um, using a rope for a nice grip, work the grip at the same time, row, some type of chest press, grip, get some type of grip in there, and um, low back, abs. Nice. Pretty sound, pretty pretty well-rounded. How many are we doing? Uh, one set, two sets? One set. One set, as many reps as I can possibly get. Um yeah, I've been training for a long time, so I think I do a pretty good job. Um, but I guess that's <laughs> – I don't know. I'll videotape, I'll videotape myself from time to time. Actually, for Thanksgiving, I, I went live through my neck and lower body workout, and I, like, threw it out there. I said, hey, any of my trainer friends, you know, if you're watching, 
feel free to critique me because I just had a couple of my high school athletes um, there kind of spotting me and, and watching me go through a workout because I kick their ass all the time. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> fair is fair. I think that uh, it's, <laughs> it's fun to see their faces light up as they're taking me through the workout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. I get that sometimes. Like uh, a client will say, like, "Oh, when are we gonna have a a, a client train the trainer day?" And I'm like, "Probably never, because I know you're gonna try to murder me. Like, with GF, <laughs> they'll try to murder me, and it won't make any sense. And I'll get injured, and you'll think it's funny, and it's not funny." <laughs> yeah, I, I come up with. I, I go. I come up with whole workout, and I tell them. I kind of give them, okay, this is what I got last time. This is what I what I what I'm shooting for this time, and. They're just there to push that extra half rep or rep yeah. out of me because, you know, that's that's why they come to us because yeah. it's hard. You know, once it starts to burn, that you, you'll want to stop. Instead of getting that extra one, two, three reps or whatever it is, and then that negative or two at the very end also. So. Yep, build the inroad. And I think that's cool also from a standpoint of you're showing – uh, young individuals, not only what work ethic looks like, what hard work, work looks like, but you're also showing them um, like a different side of the fitness industry. And I'll, I'll probably, I'll, I won't go on about that, but um, you know, just, just like yourself, I'm really big on the entrepreneurial side of things. And I think when you can show young, um, young people who are training male and female, here's how to do it properly. You might spark something in them. And then next thing you know, you have a young trainer on your hands that you're developing, you're molding, you're mentoring. Uh, and I think a perfect way to do that, do that is to put trust in them so that, that they know that they're doing things the right way because you're believing in them and you're showing them that, Hey, you know, here's my workout, take me through it. And that's, that's cool, man. Oh yeah. It's a, it's, I was just joking talking to someone the other day. I said, I must make this look really good because a number of the athletes that I have or have worked with and worked with in the past, um, talk about wanting to go in to be a trainer, a strength coach, something like that. And, and, uh, awesome. most of them end up doing it. So that's good. It takes, it's not easy. You know, it's hard. It's hard work. It's a grind. And if you develop people, who can stick through the really tough times and they have like a good support system. And, uh, you know, and you can probably tell who those people will be too. The ones who really work hard and dig in versus the ones who kind of sandbag their workouts, you know, but they say they want to be a trainer. You can kind of tell, you can kind of tell that person maybe not cut out for it. Um, but the ones who are probably grind through display good work ethic, push through. Yeah. Those, those people are definitely going to be the ones that, that make it happen. Yeah, same way with the you know those that say they want to play a college ball or a college sport. It's like I don't I don't know if that's really what you want to do. If right, you're not right. willing, if you're not willing to do, if you're not willing to go all in, sleep right, eat right, act right, think right, work right. Like you really want to do that? Go on and play college yeah. college sports. I don't think that's really what you want. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good thought. It's all a good thought. Sure. But, yeah, but can you can you back it up? Right. Yep. Right on. Well, Eric, I, I appreciate you jumping on and, and sharing your passion and showing your work. And uh, and if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Um, email uh, no bull strength at gmail.com. And what is a good uh, Instagram for you? Instagram is uh, 
what is my Instagram? Eric McKay. <laughs> okay. I think, I think that sounds right. Actually. I think it's just Eric McKay. Yeah. Another yeah. fancy kind of like mine. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard for me to remember uh, who I am sometimes. <laughs> Superhero or just Eric McKay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, brother. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.